Welcome to Create Your Own Light, where we harness our past, we embrace our future, and learn to conquer the roadblocks along the way together. I'm your host, Travis Howes. Let's get on with it. Uh, Welcome back, everybody. Thank you for checking out the second episode of Create Your Own Light podcast. Today, we're going to talk about an array of things. Um, I got lots of suggestions that I'm still trying to cover through Instagram. Um, Like I say, this is a podcast where I'm trying to be as interactive as I possibly can with my uh, my social media friends, um, especially Instagram, because that's where I do a bulk of my social media posting. And I'm still, uh, I still have some topics I want to cover that were sent in, request topics to include um, advice for joining the military for young folks, um, to several other things that we're going to get into. Today is Saturday, uh, January the 23rd, uh, the day I'm recording this, and I just got back, I spent several days at my farm, um, I spent three days over there, so hope you guys are doing something fun this weekend. Um, and if you're not, you need to ask yourself why that's a huge thing that I'd like to talk about today. Why are you not doing the things that make you happy? What's stopping you from living the life that you absolutely want to live and should be living because damn it, you actually deserve it. You deserve to do and to have Everything that you want to do and everything you want to have in this life. No excuses. So let's dive into that. What do you want out of life? And why don't you have it? What do you want to be doing? Where do you want to go? Who do you want to be? Why are you not going there? Why are you not who you are? And why are you not where you want to be? What's your excuse? Because honestly, that's the only thing that's stopping you is the excuse. If you're not doing everything in life that you want to be, do, excuse me, if you're not doing everything in life that you want to be doing, you're all, you're cheating yourself. And if you're like me for years, and I mean probably well over a decade, I held myself back. And I held myself back through a lot of things that I was going through because I felt selfish if it was if I were going to be doing the things that I really wanted to be doing truly in life. And going out and getting some of the experiences that I, I, I wanted, then other people suffered for that. Um, my family, for one, they wouldn't be able to um, do some of the things that I got to do or go some of the places that I got to go. And so guilt would set in and I'd hold myself back. And I learned one valuable lesson over the course of a decade. You will never, ever, ever make anybody else happy around you if you don't first make yourself happy. And that's a hard thing to understand. It's especially those people that go through it because you you so desperately want to make the people in your inner circle feel complete and you want to make them happy. But you're struggling inside of your own head trying to make yourself happy and you're holding yourself back from doing things that you know you should be doing, but you don't do them because you know, for whatever reasons, me, mine, mine, um, my career took me away from my family. I got to travel. I got to go to all these cool places and, uh, I felt guilty for it because my wife was teaching 
she had to be at school every day. She had to have the kids. And then I would come home from a hard week of work out touring the country, <laughs> living, living it up on stages and everything. And this woman was literally juggling two kids in a full-time job. She might as well have been a single mother. And after a while, you just feel, you feel guilty for those things. So you purposely hold yourself back. And over time, holding yourself back, all that does is build resentment towards everybody around you. And I can promise you, friends, you don't want to go down that road. So you owe it to yourself. Remember what we talked about in episode one, balance. You've got to find balance. Balance is so important. And if you can find that balance, and only you can find it, nobody's going to find it for you. You can find that happiness that you deserve and that those around you deserve. And maybe you can all be happy together. Who knows? I got so excited. One of my things that I like to do uh, when something excites me, I like to throw myself into it 150 miles an hour and I don't stop. So I got excited about doing this podcast with you guys and I recorded my first episode and I had all my notes ready for the second episode. I wanted to record episode two, episode three, episode four, and I wanted to do it over the course of three or four days so I can get them all released. But I had to stop and remember balance. So what I did, the thing that makes me happy is my farm. I need that in my life. I need that place to go to so I can hit that reset button and get my head straight and get rid of any anxieties that I have or any any um, any doubts I may have. I just need to go to my place my, to get my zen. And you all need a place like that. You You might not want to be... A farmer like me, an aspiring farmer, you may just want to go walk through some bamboo out in a forest somewhere. I don't know. The reason I said bamboo is I'm looking at some in my backyard right now. So, um, But you need that happy place. You need to be able to get away and hit that reset button. And I'm not saying you need to go for three or four days, but sometimes it's 10 or 15 minutes. Just get out of what whatever you know the, the rat race so you can hit that reset button. The old me would have sat down and recorded 37 episodes. Because I didn't take care of myself. I just took care of my wants and desires right then. And it was me, 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 me. And what I wasn't doing was take, I was not taking care of my mental health. And I wasn't practicing proper balance in my life. Now, I practice proper balance. So, I'm proud to say I was at the farm for several days. And went out there on my tractor and cleared a bunch of land. Got my garden ready. Got a place ready for my chicken coop. And I'm all excited. And then I was able to come back here and come back here a better dude, you know, a better father, better husband. At least I think so. I know that I went to my uh, I went to my oldest daughter's basketball game this morning. And let me tell you how constant maintenance when you have any kind of anxieties or anything like that in your life, um, mental mental health issues. I uh, spoke about triggers on the last episode, and. You know, one of my triggers I talked about was screaming kids. Another one of my triggers I'll talk about right now, it's uh, loud noises outside of screaming children. Loud noises really, really affect me um, negatively. And I allowed them to affect me negatively for the longest time. And they they still affect me, but I'm able to manage now. And you know why that is? That's because I have balance in my life and I'm able to go get zen in my life. Because before, I wasn't able to go get that balance. 
it was my, my world seven days a week was just chaos, right? Inner chaos. I couldn't escape it. So I would go to these loud basketball games and inside I would end up having to walk out of a, a basketball game, a soccer game, whatever, because people are happy and they're screaming and they're cheering and I couldn't handle it. I couldn't manage it. It does something to me internally. So I'd have to, I, w- I would have to walk away. Well, now I'm proud to say when I go m- to get my balance, it makes me a better person and I'm able to deal with things that I wasn't able to deal with as much before. So case in point, went to a basketball game this morning, the buzzer's loud in the gym, Bam! it's really loud, it's scary. Um, we got kids right behind me screaming in my ears, screaming for their loved ones to, because uh, these kids don't fucking dribble the ball, they just carry it all up and down the court. It's like football, except we shoot it in the basket at the end. Um, then you have parents screaming, and it bothers me, but nothing like it used to. So leaps and bounds, I'm telling you right now, if you're in this podcast for mental health issues, Listen to what I'm telling you. Get away. Find something that makes you happy and go do it and stop with the excuses. I needed a farm. I knew that I wanted a farm. So I finally did it. Um, I had to have that. I mean, I was I was desperate for it and I needed it and I deserved it. So I got it and I don't feel bad for it because I love it. I love getting out there. So one of the things I hear people say, is I don't have time. And I'm going to tell you right now, that's bullshit. The only thing in life that we do have is time. Think about that. However limited it may be, we have it and we have it right now. So you better learn how to make time or make, make I should say, prioritize your time. I hate when people, they can't get with you because they're get together with you or whatever because they're too busy, right? You're, oh, well, I'm busy. I don't have time. No, you're not prioritizing your time. I'm not a priority in your life. That's what that means. I'd rather somebody say, hey, you know, thanks, but you're, you're, you're not a priority in my life. That may come across kind of dickish, but I'd rather somebody be straight up bluntly honest with me versus I'm too busy. I got this going on. I got that. And they give you an array of excuses. That's what happens with mental health also when we want to, ch- we want to change our lives and we want to uh, do better. We want, we want to go out and create these opportunities for ourselves, but we find ourselves going back to, well, I'm too busy. I'll get around to it later. Well, your lifestyle and, and your busyness right now is, is why you are where you are and it's not helping you. So you got to stop what you're doing and make time for yourself. It's like we slow down and we make time to eat because our body needs it, right? We slow down, we make time to sleep. Why is that? Because our body needs it. So slow down, make time for your mental health, quit making excuses, and do what the hell you know you need to do to make yourself happy. And I promise you, your life will turn around 180 degrees. And people around you will notice it. And their life will turn around 180 degrees. And before you know it, you'll be smiling, you'll be laughing, you'll be having a good time. And you'll realize you were cheating yourself all this time. So make time, not excuses. So to switch gears here, I want to address one of the requests that I got. And one of the requests that I got for a topic um, was, what advice would you give for a young man joining the military? And... This show could go on for about four hours if I were to do this, but I'm I'm going to answer this and then we'll try to do it 
not quickly, but I, I think I can cover it with <laughs> less than four hours here. Um, I think the best advice that I could give a young man that would be joining the military is to do what you want to do and don't listen to everybody around you. You're going to have people that don't know the first fucking thing about the military try to tell you what you should do. Okay. This is your first real choice as a young man to make your first real decision. That's going to impact the rest of your life. Do not let other people make that decision for you. You do what you want to do. And it goes back to making yourself happy because I promise you inevitably you're going to listen to somebody around you and you're going to have regrets for the rest of your life because you're going to look back one day and say, I should have done that job that I wanted to do. Or what would my life have been like had I've done that versus listening to everybody else around me? If you, if the infantry, so I was in United States Marine Corps infantry. Okay. And as a young man, you're told two things. If you go into the infantry, the only thing you can become is a police officer or a firefighter. I heard that more times than anything. And I thought, well, what's wrong with that? And it was always a money issue. You won't make money. You won't make money. Well, fuck, I I was never a money-driven person anyway. I was all about service. I loved serving. And I liked doing what made me happy. I liked action-packed jobs. So being a cop, being a firefighter sounded fantastic for me. Now, if you want to be a millionaire, guess what? I can understand that mindset from people that are not in the military saying, well, you need to go into finances in, in, the, in the Marine Corps or in the Air Force or whatever branch you choose. But I'm, I'm here to tell you some of the most successful people that I know were United States Marine infantrymen. And let me tell you why. In the infantry, you learn a lot about yourself. You learn things that you would never, ever, or you could have never imagined. You learn how to be self-sufficient. You learn the you learn the fucking art of teamwork. Let me tell you something. Boot camp is just a small portion, a very small portion of the military. But the United States Marine Corps Infantry taught me teamwork and taught me how not to just depend on other people, but how to lead other Marines and how I needed them and they needed me. And that's why I'm the team oriented guy that I am today. That's why family to me is, is a sacred, sacred bond. Like you hear people talk about family. No, I eat, sleep and breathe that shit. Like we are all we got. And I tell people that all the time outside of your family, you got nothing. And that's what the Marine Corps infantry was to me. Marine Corps Infantry, um, it'll break you down. It'll put you in the harshest environments that this world has to offer. And you get to learn one thing, survival. And you get to learn that no matter how bad shit sucks, you got to dig deep. And when you dig deep, you'd be surprised at what you'll find down there. And that translated to civilian life when I got out. And I, I realized later, and I talk about this in my book, my book titled Create Your Own Light, just like this podcast. My whole life was prepping me for harder times to come. And I think we as human beings, a lot of times we get soft. We get soft as fuck. And, and excuse my language here, but there's a saying that me and some fellas use. Sometimes 
This life will make you soft as rabbit pussy. And that's very, very soft. Um, that's how, that's why I, to this day with my children, when it's raining, it's cold, it's nasty. I teach them about getting uncomfortable. Well, let's go outside and let's go get some of these elements because I don't want you to be comfortable your whole life. I need you to be uncomfortable so you can succeed later. So you can understand that you are made of so much more and you are capable of overcoming anything put in front of you. Let me rephrase that. Not rephrase it. Let me say it again. You are capable of overcoming anything that's put in front of you. That, my young man with that request, is my advice for joining the military. And I got got a little long-winded. I'm not telling you to go join the infantry. What I'm telling you to do, do what you want to do. If you want to work on trucks, you want to serve your country by being a mechanic, then that's what you do. You go be a mechanic and you get out. When you get out, you become the best fucking mechanic this world's ever seen. Right? You take that training that they give you, you, you use that discipline, you harness that to become a better civilian in life. And honestly, that's what the military, at least I can speak for the Marine Corps, that's one of the things that they tell you. Our job is to make you a better citizen. And I can honestly say that. I've seen a lot of my ground-pounded, knuckle-dragging grunts, some of the most successful men I've ever met in my life are infantrymen. And you would think these big, dumb, these big, dumb bastards could barely... Barely passed the ASVAB test. And that's the, for those of you that don't know, the ASVAB is the military test to get in. You have to have like a 31 to get in. And to become an infantryman, you have to have a 30 fucking one. (laughs) So you had to, it may change now, but back then, all you had to have was a heartbeat. And if you wanted to be a Marine, you just like had to have a desire to eat crayons right out of the box. So military people would get that. But Some of the most successful people I know are infantrymen, and I think that was because they learned through the infantry that they are capable of doing anything at the hardest times in life, when it absolutely sucks, when it you think it can't get any worse, it's going to get worse, and it's going to get worse, and it's going to get worse. And then you got to find out what you're made of. And when you find out you're unfucking breakable there's nothing that'll stop you. It's amazing what we as human beings can accomplish. So young man, I suggest you be whatever you want to be, but I'm going to promise you this, whatever you do, you own that job that you're going to do. If you're going to go in and you're going to become a goddamn cook, then when you tell your friends that you're in the military, don't tell them you're a fucking Navy seal. (laughs) When you get out, Don't come home and leave and tell them you're in special forces. And I'm about to get long-winded as shit. So get comfortable and strap up. I'm putting my seatbelt on in my my chair here when I talk about this. Military people listening, I guarantee you they're all laughing right now. Because they know what I'm about to get into. My biggest pet peeve with veterans or anybody that never served but pretends that they have served is stolen valor. I hate it. I hate it with a passion. You can't stop it. They say imitation is the biggest form of flattery. I see more imposters out there and I've had more imposters cross my, my path in the last 20 years than I can shake a stick at. And I'm going to tell you right now, everybody, everybody that I meet 
knows a Navy SEAL, is a Navy SEAL, was a Navy SEAL, is married to a Navy SEAL. Everybody's a fucking SEAL. Nobody's driving the goddamn boats. Nobody's cooking the chow. Nobody's the MPs at the pier. Nobody's dropping the fucking anchors. Nobody's the bosun's mate. They're all fucking Navy SEALs. Every single one of them in the United States Navy, all however many hundred thousand people are in the Navy, they're all fucking SEALs. Congratulations. You are some bad motherfuckers. Now, there's only several thousand active Navy SEALs, but everybody in the Navy is a SEAL. And I'm going to tell you what I'm what I'm getting at. That or their Force Recon or their goddamn Green Beret, nobody is in the regular military anymore. Apparently, I'm the only guy that I, ever, that I know that was even in the Marine Corps Infantry because every Marine I meet was a fucking sniper or either in recon. And let me tell you something. I get passionate about this bullshit. <sighs> I can tell you guys story after story after story. And what I'm getting back is to the young man that requested advice. All I'm saying is own the job that you go and do. Do not imitate anybody else. When you come to a party, when you're home on leave, don't try to lie and tell everybody you're a fucking seal because you're not. I had a, the first time my wife ever witnessed me get very rude with an older male who I should have, um, you know, old people we, we pay our respects to, and I'm very respectful of my elders, I promise you. But when somebody is full of shit, I call them on their bullshit. We're at a we're at a gift shop here in Charleston one time at, at the pier, and I was wearing a, a t-shirt, and it just said USMC, United States Marine Corps, small logo, nothing flashy. And this guy walks over to me and says, Semper Fi. Now, we as Marines, the first thing we hear when somebody says Semper Fi, which in the Marine Corps motto is Semper Fi means always faithful. When we hear somebody say that, we immediately think this is another Marine because if you're a civilian, you don't throw that word around, right? Guy comes over, says Semper Fi to me. So instead of me saying it back to him, we in the Marine Corps, we check your nuts. If you if you step up to the plate with a Semper Fi, we're going to ask you, who are you with? And when I ask that, that means for civilians listen listening, that means what unit in the Marine Corps were you with? And that's our way to know if you're full of shit or not. Because if you have to even hesitate for two seconds to think about that, you're a fucking liar, right? This guy goes, I said, who were you with? He immediately goes, oh, I was a shooter. Now, I understand Mark Wahlberg has a movie out, an older movie called Shooter, where he was a Marine Corps sniper, okay? But we don't call it that. In the Marine Corps, it's called Stay Platoon. It's called Scouts. Okay. Scout sniper. It's not called fucking shooter. And when he told me that I immediately knew this old man was full of shit. So I looked at him and I said, excuse me. And then he goes, well, I was, I was UDT, which means underwater demolition team was where the seals originated from. So now he's double full of shit. (laughs) And I looked at him and I said, you're full of shit. And now I'm talking to this older man like that. And he says, no, I'm not. I was with the first Mardiv out of Camp Lejeune. Now, to those of you listening to what I just said, you're not even going to understand um, the ignorance involved in that statement. The 1st Mardiv means 1st Marine Corps Division, okay? Now, the 1st Marine Corps Division is stationed in Camp Pendleton, California. I was in the 2nd Mardiv, which is the 2nd Marine Corps Division, and they are stationed in Camp Lejeune, North Carolina. 2nd Mardiv has always been Camp Lejeune. 1st Mardiv has always been Camp Pendleton. 
So when the guy told me I was first Mardiv out of Camp Lejeune, I don't remember exactly what I said, but I was very, I was very rude and dismissive, extremely rude and dismissive. When we walked off, my wife was like, this is years ago. She's like, I don't understand why you had to be so rude to that man. And I looked at it and I said, let me tell you something. I said, these fucking people out here, for whatever reason, they all want you to think they're special forces. I don't know what has gotten into human beings, why they can't just admit to whatever job that they had or why they have to lie at all, but they all do it. And it happens over and over and over. And I have a list of shit right here that I'm going to read to you. And I can't remember them all, but these are just some of the ones that stand out to me. Now, if you heard me, I was on Andy Stump's podcast, Cleared Hot. And if you don't listen to Andy, you should. He's fucking phenomenal. But I was on episode 136 and I was talking about, a. am not going to get long-winded on this. I was talking about, I told a funny story about, I actually got into a physical altercation with a man in a locker room because he tried to convince me that he was in Delta Force, all right? Now, first of all, I'm not even getting into this. Those guys don't tell you what they do. They just don't. Part of the that's that's a that's a tier 1 job in the military. Those guys lie their ass off about what they do in the military. They don't go around and talk about that shit. Because if you think about it, it's a threat to them, it's a threat to their family, it's a threat to their community that they serve in to put that information out there first of all. So I called the guy on his bullshit and he he pretty much tried to attack me and that ended very badly for him in the locker room. Come to find out he was never even in the military. <laughs> and they revoked his gym membership. And I still got to work out there because I was in the right and there was a witness there. So long story short, you have to DM me if you want the details. But if, if actually, you know what? Fuck that. If you want the details, go watch Andy Stump's uh, episode of Clear Hot 136, episode 136. I don't know the time uh, line in that. But I actually go into detail and it was a very, very funny story. Um. There was another time where I was at a gym and I saw this guy come in and he was wearing Navy SEAL pants, right? And he was, he looked, he looked the part, he was all jacked and everything like those dudes are. And he had the tattoos. I mean, he looked like he could, he could have been, you know, spec ops guy, but those guys do not wear custom made Navy SEAL shorts. Okay. This guy had clearly something made off of Amazon or wherever it was. He had these shorts on it with this big seal logo. Okay. And I was working out. I didn't, I didn't want to say anything to him. I wasn't going to confront him. It's it's not my job, but it does irritate the shit out of me. So I left. And the next day I come back, the guy's wearing Marine force recon shorts. And I can't, I, you can't make this shit up. So force recon in the Marines is that's our specialized unit back then. Now it's there. They have Marsoc. They have all these different things. Um, so I had to approach the guy. I'm like, there's no way this guy is recon and he's a Navy SEAL. So within two seconds of talking to him, I actually saw my buddy Josh at the gym. We started talking about it. And Josh said, did you see that guy yesterday? He was wearing those fucking Navy SEAL shorts. I said, yeah, dude, somebody's got to say something to him. So we're everywhere. Marines are everywhere. And we will confront you on your bullshit. So I walked right up to him and I said, hey, man, I said, uh, you're Marine recon. And I don't remember the lie that he gave me, but he did. And then I, because this was years ago too. And then I immediately said, well, yesterday I saw you wearing your seal shorts. I said, you're a Navy seal too. And he, he started stuttering. Uh, uh, uh. So I called him on his bullshit and, uh, he ended up leaving the gym and that's, what's aggravating for us. It's because there's people out there that they will make civilians think that they do these jobs. I see that shit all the time. 
Um, I was with my best friend, Randy, one time. We, we were sitting outside of a bar in Hampton Roads, Virginia. Now, that is where you, you guys call it, um, civilians call it SEAL Team 6, but it's not actually called that. It's called Dev Group, Development Group. That's where those guys are stationed. That's where all um, the all the East Coast SEAL teams over there, 2, 4, 8, 10, like whatever. I think all those guys are over there, and the West Coast is an odd number. So if you're going to lie in a town, you don't lie in that town. So my buddy Randy and I are sitting there one day, and this guy just walks up to us out of nowhere and just goes, man, you guys got a cigarette? He goes, I just got, I just got back. I'm an operator. And... I couldn't say anything because my buddy Randy lost his corn. And when I tell you, because Randy's passionate about this shit too. And I'm going to have Randy on as a guest. You guys will love him. He's one of those successful dudes that I've, I was telling you about earlier. I like to brag on my friend, but I don't like to brag, but I can't help it because he's he made himself what he is today, which is pretty fucking amazing. So anyway, um, Randy immediately jumps up and starts confronting this guy because nobody call it, comes up and just tells two people they don't know that they're an operator, which I don't, I'm not talking about a telephone operator to those in the civilian world. I mean, an actual operator, which is someone who does, um, operations, um, in the special operations community in the military. So he, Randy gets up, come to find out this guy and Randy didn't say that we were, we were Marines, but Randy said, um, what kind of operator are you? And the guy, he went straight to force recon in the Marine Corps. And back then we asked what years he was in and he gave us the same years that we actually were in. Um, so Randy asked him, he said, where, uh, where was force recon? Where were their barracks on, um, Camp Lejeune? And the guy couldn't remember. Now, back then it was called French Creek. They're no longer there. They're no longer in a place called French Creek. They're in a different part of the base, but, um, the guy couldn't answer that. And he says, man, that was so long ago. And that is another red flag when somebody in the military tells you they did something, but they can't remember because it was just so long ago. That's bullshit because we in the military, man, I can tell you that it's on the fucking menu on a goddamn Tuesday, November the 12th, 1997. We remember everything about our, our time in service. You don't forget that shit. Long story short, Randy had that guy pretty much crying right there in, in the outside of that bar and he told us he was full of shit and he's just lonely. <laughs> so I could, you can't make this shit up. I met another, I met another seal. I, could, I swear I could go on about these. I met another seal and a wannabe seal in home Depot one time when I was flipping houses, a guy had a Navy seal hat on. So I walked right up to him and I said, I said, Hey man, you're Navy seal. He said, you, you're damn right. I am. And I was like, Holy shit. And I knew, I knew he was full of shit. So I just asked him, I looked at him straight in the face and I go, where did you go to buds training? And, um, he couldn't answer that. And budge training is where the seals do all their training to become seals. He couldn't even give me a damn region. He goes, man, that was so long ago. I don't even remember. Boom. Red flag. He's full of shit. Called him on his bullshit. So I know some of you, this isn't interesting, but the military people I know are getting a kick, a kick out of this because this shit really, really happens. And I'm going to tell you this last one after my shows, right? I do a lot of military jokes when I'm on stage I do, I don't know, about 10 or 15 minutes worth of military jokes because I love bagging on the military. That's my favorite thing. I love fucking with the Navy because <laughs> the Marines in the Navy, we butt heads. I do jokes about that all day. But afterwards, every single time, people will come up to me. My cousin's a SEAL. My, my nephew's a SEAL. My neighbor down the street is a sniper. He's a SEAL. And it just doesn't stop. So just own your shit. If you're in the military, 
and you do a normal job, just own that fucking normal job. Stop, stop high signing like you're a Navy SEAL because you watched SEAL Team Six on um, CBS and you watched fucking Lone Survivor. That doesn't make you a SEAL because you go out and play airsoft on the weekends with your friends. Stop it. Just own your shit. Not all of these um, episodes are going to be so military oriented. Obviously, um, I'm still rounding up a um, a list for some guests to come in future episodes. But like I said, if you didn't listen in episode one, I'm still new at the technology stuff and I'm trying to figure out how I can incorporate them and I need to get more microphones and all of that. Uh, until then, I'm just trying to get used to talking into this mic and bringing you guys some kind of content that um, will keep you kind of inspired to listen to. So having said that, um, one thing I would do want to cover about the military and it's I, I always go back to the military is I learned and I mean, I was like this as a kid too, but this was reinforced through the military, and I, I reinforce this to my kids every single day. There's one word that I refuse to let my children say, and that word is a four-letter word. It's can't. I will stop dead in my fucking tracks if I ever hear my kids say the word can't. And we will have a coming to Jesus. Because here's the problem with the word can't. The second you say it, you start believing it. And I swear, I swear this is true. That is a word that just does not need to be in your vocabulary. And if it is, you're selling yourself short. I Look, I think it's no secret. I'm not a man with an extensive vocabulary list. I, I, I think I have like 12 words in there and half of them are, are four-letter cuss words, right? But I'll be damned if you hear me say the word can't. It's a poisonous, poisonous word. I hear my kids say can't. And when I, when I hear them say that, I make them and I show them that they can. I'd rather hear my kids say, you goddamn motherfucking son of a bitch, piece of shit, cocksucker, dad. <laughs> no, the hell I wouldn't. <laughs> you want to talk about come unglued? No, I don't want to hear them say that. But you can understand what I'm saying. Can't. Get the word can't out of your mind. And, I, and I'm telling you, the military reinforced that with me. So young kids listening, if you're wanting to go into the military, you're going to learn that too. Um, the power of that word, man, it, it, it literally, it'll, it'll stop you dead in your fucking tracks if you let it start creeping in. And going back to mental health issues, a lot of times we get broken down so, so low that that word can't starts starts creeping back in because we let it and we're like I can't I can't get out today and do this I can't get out of the bed and go for that walk that I wanted to I can't get out of the bed and go grocery store I can't get off of this couch because poor poor miserable me and that is all it is can't has beat your ass down and it will it's a powerful powerful word and if you're if you have depression if you have anxiety if you have a mental disorder post traumatic stress whatever you're going through the first way to start beating that son of a bitch, whatever you're going through, is get word of the, get rid of the word can't. I'm telling you right now. I don't know what made me th- think of this, but I'm all over the place because my mind is 150 miles an hour. But I get, I think, I guess I was thinking about this because if I heard my kids say all those bad words that I just said, I mean, there'd be an ass whipping to talk about for centuries. But I tell you what, I like to do. My wife and I, we. I'm a big disciplinarian, right? I'm big on discipline. And uh, 
I love when my kids during Christmas, we have this thing and I don't know where she got this idea from, but it is a phenomenal. You want to watch your kids come unglued and start apologizing and trying to make things right. Wrap up a bunch of empty boxes, get like 10 of them motherfuckers and wrap them up. And anytime they cross the line, go take it and throw that motherfucker in the garbage and bury it and stomp it down in there. Like, nope, you just lost this one. And I'm telling you, boy, when they start running low on toys, that is the funniest thing. Your kids will be the most disciplined children through the holidays that you've ever seen. It is hilarious. Now, they haven't caught on yet. So I'm, I'm sure one day that they're going to catch on. Like, there is no way this cheap motherfucker is throwing away 10 to 20 to $30 boxes, you know, filled goodies. Like, they're going to catch on at some point. But in the interim, in the meantime, do it. I'm telling you, it's worth the reaction. I wish next Christmas. I'm, you know what? I might do it for a birthday. Fuck it, coming up because we got two birthdays coming up. I might have to start throwing some birthday presents away, some fake ones, and get it on film. Y'all can watch a, a meltdown like you've never seen. It's great. Yo, you keep crying, keep crying. I'm gonna throw another one away. You better straighten up, and lock that body up, you little nasty thing. And they will lock it up, boys, and just wipe those tears off. Wipe those tears off. You're gonna get dehydrated. You don't want to get dehydrated, so cause you headaches and all that, and your body doesn't function right. We don't have time for crying up in here. Um, I'm actually. Really looking forward to telling some of your stories. Um, not just mine. I get a lot of DMs. People have some interesting stories. And if you'd like to share them, I want to figure out a way that we can do that together on here. Um, whether you want to remain anonymous or whether you would like you want me to put your shit out there uncensored. I mean, I think we can figure out a way to keep it interesting. And you tell me, like, how, how have you overcome some setbacks? I think that'd be interesting to to hear different perspectives and what setbacks did you have in life and were they really setbacks or was it a redirection in your life? Think about that. I write about that in my book. I experienced a lot of trauma in my life. Um, as my buddy Sean Ryan put it, a metric fuck ton of trauma. And the way that I look at that later is I changed my perspective in life. And it wasn't easy to do. It took a long time. And I don't look at those setbacks as setbacks anymore. I look at them as redirecting moments in my life to where the universe has put me exactly where I need to be at 2.07 p.m. January the 23rd talking to you through this microphone. You know, when some of the hardest things in, in life happened to me, it was hard to accept in the moment because in the moment we human beings, we have emotional responses to everything and we want to immediately poor, poor me myself to death and get into that victim mindset. It's easy to do. It's human nature, but you have to train yourself not to go down that road. And it took me many years of all the facing all these different hardships where now I look can I can actually t remove myself from the situation, look at my life in story form, and say, you know what, I was just being redirected in that moment by the universe when when every ounce of fiber in my body was fighting at that time. I should have just rolled with it. It would have made my life so much more easy. Um, had my friend Randy and I were talking one day, right? And this is what I mean by redirections. Think about this. When I went into boot camp, I went in in August of 1996. Randy went into boot camp 
June of 1996. So two months before me. And he told me that he actually was going to go at a different time, but he bumped it up a week so he could get into the third recruit training battalion in Paris Island, which is actually the easiest battalion that they have over there. So he wanted to, he didn't want to go to second battalion because I was in second battalion and second battalion is obviously second to none. And it's the hardest recruit training battalion there is in Paris Island. Everybody knows that Dakota Meyer, the medal of honor came out of second battalion. Um, so third battalion, they're just nasty. And these Marines are going to be going crazy when they hear this shit. You guys over there are like, what about first battalion? Yeah, you guys could have went to boot camp online first battalion. But anyway, um, this is a Marine Corps thing. So I know some of you guys don't understand. But listen, I'm, let me get back to the story. The Randy went in. He chose to change his time when he went in. Okay, he, he bumped it up so he could go to third battalion. It's actually a very aggressive battalion. So... Um, by doing that, he changed the course of his life. And it also changed the course of my life. If you think about it, Randy and I are, we ended up being assigned to the same unit later in, in a, you know, after boot camp and after infantry school, we, we went to two different classes in infantry class. But then when we went to what we call the fleet, where you serve your active duty commitment in the infantry, Randy and I, and I were in the same unit. Now, had Randy had not went in when he went in, if he had went the week prior or the week after, same with me. If I would have went a week before or a week after, I wouldn't be sitting here talking to you right now. My life would be completely different because my friendship with Randy redirected me in so many different ways throughout life. And I, I don't have long on this podcast. I'm already up to 41 minutes. I don't like going over 35. But... That ability for us to to kindle that relationship and to keep that stoked after the Marine Corps, I would have never met him. And the roads that I took in life would have never led me to, to you right here. When I got fired from being a police officer, that's not something I enjoy saying. Um, I, didn't do any, I didn't do anything wrong. You have to read the book to find out what I did. It's actually... I. It took it took eight years, but eight years later, uh, it was it was discovered that oh shit, Travis didn't do anything wrong. Oh boy, so I was like back there, like I told y'all, motherfuckers. <laughs> so, but what it was was I fought it with every fiber in my body at that time. But it was the universe aligning me to go back to the fire department, the same fire department where I went to, and my nine friends were killed in a warehouse fire. That same fire that I was injured in because I had to go in and see my dead friends like that. And I had to pull them out not to get morbid on you. But that was a redirecting moment in my life. That moment led me to comedy. Stand-up comedy led me to motivational speaking, which in turn led me here. Had none of these things happened, think about this. I would not have the family that I have today. I would have never met my wife and I'd never had much kids. So everything in this life happens for a reason. And I know you hear that and people are probably rolling their eyes. I'm telling you right now it does. And we just got to roll with it, man. So when shitty things happen to you, you got to squeeze that fucking lemon and get all that lemonade out and make the biggest cup of that shit that you can possibly make and enjoy it while you're here. Because life is hard enough. When these shitty things happen to you, Instead of thinking, why me, why me? How about stop and think, maybe, just maybe, I was meant for something 
more and something better is coming my way. And it takes shitty things to happen for all the good things to come. All the good things, they're lined up in the pipeline, coming your way. Having said that, I'm going to wrap this up. Now, I hope you guys found this podcast fruitful. I hope you found it um, resourceful and at times funny. And if you didn't, you probably don't have a pulse anyway. So find me on Instagram for the next episode and send me your topics. Um, I already already put a feeler out there trying to see what you guys want to talk about on the next one. I covered a few of those uh, requests in this episode and I want to cover more in future episodes. So find me on Instagram at Travis Howes, H-O-W-Z-E and find my website, my tour dates, which are very slim right now because of COVID, but oh well, um, just my name, www.travishowes.com. And as always, you can pick up a copy of my book, Create Your Own Light, where it goes into extreme detail of all the things we talk about here on this podcast. Uh, and that's on, that's on Amazon. You can find it on Amazon or you can, um, you can get a signed copy through me. Just find me on Instagram and DM me and I'd be happy to sign one up and send it over to you. Until next time, my friends, I hope you have a great day. Wherever you are, if you're listening in your car, if you're crying in the bathroom or you're behind your tool shed listening and hiding from your old lady or whatever you do, hope you enjoyed it uh, because I certainly enjoyed spending a little bit of my life with you. I'm looking forward to the journey we have together. Until next time.